Alright guys, welcome back to Jukes and Jumpers episode 20. Um, today we have Bodie Magnuson on again. We're going to talk some NFL. Uh, we're going to talk about our NFL award predictions and also a little bit of NBA. And also if you guys want to support the podcast, there's a link on our Spotify page uh, where you can donate $1 a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. Um, we're not asking much, just $1 would help. Like anything helps. So if you guys feel obligated to go donate to our podcast fund, uh, there's a link on our Spotify page. So let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, we have Bodie Magnuson on the show. Say hi, Bodie. Hi, guys. It's nice to have me back here. Thank you. Yeah, so we're just going to be going over the NFL awards, um, some news around the award NFL. Predictions. Award predictions. Um, some news around the NFL and a little bit about the NBA. Um, so let's just start off. Bodie, um, who is your MVP choice at the moment? Oh, um, going straight into it here, I think that one's pretty obvious. Well, you can maybe make a case of Aaron Rodgers, but I think it has to be Patrick Mahomes right at the moment. Just um, they're the better team right now, and if you watch him play, you know, any day of the week, he always does some crazy things. So he would have to be my MVP choice, and I would have Rodgers second. Yeah, see, I'm going completely opposite. I'm going Rodgers and then Mahomes. I think with the weapons Rodgers has and the things he's been able to do, I mean, I think it's insane. Because their offense is very good because of Rodgers. That offense would be nothing without Rodgers. Think about Patrick Mahomes last year. They went out, or he went out a couple of games for injury, and Matt Moore played, and he actually did really well within the offense that they had because Andy Reid set it up. I think if Aaron Rodgers would get injured right now, I don't think they'd even make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, get, I like your point, but um, I'd probably have to say Patrick Mahomes, but... If you ask me at the end of week five, my answer would probably be Russell Wilson. Um, but at least recently, like throughout the past four-ish games, um, he's been kind of declining. And it's, I don't know, it's tough to watch. That's what he's done the past few years too, though. He always starts off hot yeah. and then he kind of plays his way out of the talk. And going off what Joey said too, then, you know, that third place guy that's been hanging around there, even though he didn't have a great day um, yesterday on Sunday, but if he continues it in weeks coming, is it's pretty hard to not put Derrick Henry up there too. And obviously they always go quarterbacks because it's you know a super valuable position. But if you take Derrick Henry away from that Titans team, they're a lot different as well. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. I think you could even make a case for Dalvin Cook. Um, I mean that's getting into the next award prediction yeah. maybe, yeah. but yeah, the only the only thing that I would counter with Delvin Cook is that Kirk's been playing really well lately so I do think that he's gotten a little bit more help and you know he had those two big games against um, the Packers and Lions and then I mean he's still been doing his thing but it's you know not out of proportion and that's what you have to do is you have to out out of proportion stats to be able to win an MVP race like that if you're not a quarterback yeah definitely okay um yeah well anyways kind of transitioning um Offensive player of the year, what do you guys think? Offensive player of the year, I you know I saw a comment about it earlier today by my pick of MVP Patrick Mahomes. It's pretty hard right now, in my opinion, to not go with Travis Kelsey. I think yeah. he would be my top pick. I would put um, Dalvin Cook around there. You could put Derrick Henry around there. 
even, you know, Devontae Adams has been yeah. great, but he did have some games that he missed. But my Tyree Kill, another one, just had to throw his name out there. But my <laughs> pick right now would be Travis Kelsey. All right. Um, yeah, Joey, any thoughts? I th- I honestly think any of those guys could win it, I'm not going to lie. I don't. I think it's up for grabs right now. I mean, if Kelsey keeps going on for 100-yard games these next four games, then I think he's for sure got it. But right now, week 12... Or is it, what is it, week 13? It's week... Uh, I think it's 13. It's week 13, yeah. I think anyone can take it right now. Yeah. I would say my front runner is just Kelsey with the way that they've been playing and him being a tight end spot and almost leading the league in yards now. I don't know the exact numbers if he passed DK because DK had like 80 receiving yards yesterday. So I don't know off the top of my head, but he's just been balling out for them. Yeah, definitely any of those guys, but there is still four weeks left of the regular season, so it'll be interesting to see how those guys can close out the regular season. Um, But I might be a little biased, but I'd probably have to say Dalvin Cook. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Um, So, Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. So it's hard because you don't watch this uh, part of the game as much, and, you know, it's hard if you don't have film and stuff like that. But still... You know, I've been trying to stay on it as much as I can, and I would say um, front runner for me right now would still be probably Aaron Donald, just because especially with that Rams team and how well they're performing and outperforming all the expectations that everybody had for them, a lot of that is always because of him. And he's always in the talks every year just because of how much of a stud he is. Another one that I'd have to throw out there is Miles Garrett because he's been having a heck of a season and is the best player on that Browns team yeah. right now. So he, um, you know, having him back off the whole suspension thing last year was huge. My my two front runners right now, though, would be Donald and Garrett. What about T.J. Watt? Because mm-hmm. he's leading the league in sacks right now. T.J. Watt, yes, that is another one that I would put up there, especially on, in my opinion, I the best defense in the league at the moment. I think you can maybe debate it in these last couple of weeks, but in the beginning of the season, you know, Pittsburgh was the best defense. Yeah. And um, so I would definitely, yeah, that's a good one. I would put T.J. Watt in that three right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, those three sound good to me. That's I mean, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, those <laughs> are the top three defensive players in the league right now. Yeah. No one's playing better than them. The only one that you can maybe add in there, but I don't think he will be just because the defense isn't as great and the team isn't as competitive. But Joey Bosa from the Chargers has been killing it, especially the last few weeks. So, you know, there's always some recency bias. Like, you know, you start hearing his big games now. But he has been doing it the whole year. It's Mm -hmm. just hard when his team isn't as competitive and stuff like that. Okay, what about a corner? Like Xavier Howard, he's leading the league in interceptions. And the Dolphins have a takeaway in every single game this year. Yeah, Xavier Howard has done a really good job. But I think a lot of that credit, and and Xavier Howard's really talented and everything, but I think a lot of that credit goes to Brian Flores where his defenses, and he blitzes a ton as a defense coordinator. And when he blitzes a ton, you know, guys are getting out the ball quick and stuff like that. And it seems like they take a lot of chances with that. Well, maybe not a lot of chances, but they're stuck in a lot of man and stuff like that. But it forces QBs to get the ball out early, and um, Howard's been able to make plays off of that. Um, right now, I and again, I don't want to sound like recency bias because obviously he struggled a bit in the beginning of the year, but I think it's pretty hard not to put Jalen Ramsey still as the top corner um, in the league for me. Stephon Gilmore is another one that you can yeah. put up there, but he hasn't in – Part of the reason I think J.C. Jackson, who has 
is right up there with yep. Howard for picks. You know, part of that reason, and Darius Williams from the Rams, yep. part of the reason why those guys succeed so much is because they have Gilmore and Ramsey on the other side. You know, QBs don't want to throw yep. it that way. They go the other way, they get a lot more targets, a lot more chances to jump on the ball and everything like that. So, yes, Xavier Howard's been great, but I still don't think he's the best corner. Um, and I don't think uh, it's pretty hard to win Defensive Player of the Year at that spot unless you have a year like last year with Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> but. I honestly hate how some of these uh, how some of these awards are so position based. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's tough, but that's just kind of the way it is in football. You know, you think, you know, you have a quarterback. You know, you can do a lot more things than if you just have, you know, a running back. A good, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's just there's things that are harder to find in the NFL, and um, like like think uh, for running back wise, you know, Le'Veon Bell. Or Melvin Gordon, that's the great example. Melvin Gordon wanted more money, and they, you know, he was holding out or whatever, and then it makes it look bad when Eckler steps in and does the exact same things he was doing. And then when Melvin comes back, he still, you know, outproduces, um, he still outproduces Melvin. Eckler does. So I'm just saying, like, running back's a lot easier spot to plug stuff in than it would be for quarterback. So. There's right. just different values that there is in football, and you hate that, you know, it seems every year a quarterback's winning it, and every year, you know, on the defensive side, it's a little bit more of a shuffle, but that's just how the way it is in football, I guess. Who's the last defensive player to win MVP? Because I honestly have no idea. Um, I, I know the last defensive player to win Heisman was Charles Woodson, I think. Yeah, the last defensive player to win MVP. I guess. Yeah, look, look it up, Colin. Look it up. I'll be blanking on that. Okay. Um, it was Alan Page in 1971. Purple people eaters. <laughs> there you go. Purple people eaters. All right. And Damn. I wonder how many more there was of that. You know, before Alan Page. Yeah, if true. There were any. <laughs> or if there probably like much. two. Yeah. It, yeah. All right. Well, what's next? What would we do? Um, offensive rookie of the year. Mm. You know, you gotta, yeah, yeah, we're all from Minnesota, pretty biased. Jefferson, anybody who argues that Jefferson, that C.D. Lamb or Claypool is better than Jefferson is just off. Snorting coke. They are not, yeah, you know, I've gotten plenty of arguments about, it. it's just clear cut to me that he is the best. But, again, Joey talking about the position, um, value and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think it's going to go to Herbert, but then, you know, if Jefferson really makes a push, like if he keeps putting up 100-yard games like this and really makes a push for the rookie record too, which I think he has to average like 100 yards to get the rest of the season, and, you know, if Herbert keeps having games like the Chargers did yesterday against the Patriots, you know, then he can make a real case. And I think that those two are the only ones that you can really debate right now, even though there are really good other rookies but those two are just on another level right now mm-hmm. so yeah and I think it's crazy how Justin Jefferson was the fifth wide receiver picked in the draft um and he's kind of playing with a chip on his shoulder too like he says that he should have been picked higher which clearly I, the other teams are thinking that now too but um yeah I, I'd agree I'd have to probably go with Herbert oh yeah but Vikes did get a steal there and mm-hmm. if you watch I mean we all watch the Vikings game on Sundays it's like the difference between him and CD and Claypool is yeah CD and Claypool CD and Claypool do well and they're both really good playmakers and they're both going to be really good 
for you know the next how many years but Jefferson just gets relied on a bit more and that's what they didn't want in the beginning of the year why he sat out those kind of first two games on limited snaps but like he could be you know I mean I know we have Thielen but he's playing like a number one receiver almost on the Vikings you know Kirk's going to him in big moments and he's a guy where they try to get him the ball I'm not saying Claypool and CD aren't like that but I do think they get a little bit more pressure off with their cast that they have around them. Yeah, no, that, that's 100% true. And the thing with Claypool and CD is that they're going to they're getting a lot more of those highlight plays. Like Claypool had the four-touchdown game, and CD had that big catch against the Vikings last week. But no one looks at, like, all the passes actually, like, going downfield. Like, Jefferson is open on a good 50% of every single play. Oh, yeah, he gets himself open all the time. I think he's basically Odell the second coming out of LSU. He runs like he just, I don't know, when he plays, that's just what it kind of, like yeah. my reference would be close to him, I guess. But um, the only other thing that I had to say is the only case that people can make is if Dak would have never got hurt, how CD would have done. Mm-hmm. And I still think that um, in that type of offense, I don't, I think he would have put up really good numbers, and I think, that he could have contested with Jefferson for numbers, but he still isn't as big to that offense as Jefferson is to the Vikings, in my mind at least. I think, like, through week eight, I would have taken Joe Burrow. Think and so? I would have taken Joe Burrow because the, they always want to give the number one pick the offensive rookie of the year or defensive rookie of the year, whoever it is. They always want to. That's just that's like the standard. You always give the number one pick either offensive or defensive rookie of the year. But then he got injured, and then it's like, now they're just going a couple picks later. So they're like, oh, let's just take Herbert. But, I, I mean, I'm taking Jefferson any day. I think, I mean, he's, like you were saying, he's so relied on in the Vikings offense. And, I mean, I think Thielen's only got 600 or 700 yards or something, and Jefferson's already over 1,000. I mean, he doesn't get as many red zone targets, but, I mean, we got Thielen for that. So. Well, Thielen's arguably the most targeted player in the well, red zone. he might be the best red zone receiver threat in the league you could argue it he just does he does everything well down in the red zone and my only thing with Joe Burrow would be um uh Herbert has just looked better Burrow put up good numbers and everything but Herbert's arms a little bit more stronger and in those first games he was competing with a lot of you know, I remember that first game when he came in and, like, he competed with Patrick Mahomes and took him to OT or whatever. And yeah. He just looked really um, mature and played ahead of his game these, um, this first season of his. Yeah, I'd say the difference between Burrow and uh, and Herbert was Burrow kind of just ran the scripted plays. You know what I mean? Like, he ran through the script and he did what he was supposed to do, but Herbert could make plays on the broken plays. Like, he, he was actually playmaking. Yeah, Herbert's got a little bit more um, talent to him where he can, you know, that, that 20, 30-yard pass downfield, Herbert gets it there a little bit more quicker than Burrow does. And that's going back to I think Herbert just has a way more stronger arm than Burrow does. Yeah. but um, Yeah, well, this guy that I'm about to talk about isn't really in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year, but I wanted to talk about him a little bit. Um, Jalen Hurts, he, uh, he, he came in over Carson Wentz, uh, top three quarterback in the NFL. Um, <laughs> okay, guys, all right, and, uh, I've got enough of this shit, all right? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but, yeah, he kind of turned the game around against the Packers, um, and they didn't pull out with a win, but, um, yeah, Bodie, I was wondering what you thought about how Jalen Hurts could help the Eagles offense. Yeah, I would love to see Hurts do well, because... 
you know, I've kind of rooted for him in college a little bit. Like, he's not my – I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I like him. And, um, yeah, he was able to come in and make the score look a little bit better against Green Bay and everything. And um, if he can come in and compete, that's great for the Eagles. That would be awesome if he could do that. But if not, I think the Eagles got to spend um, – uh, their next year draft pick, one of their, I mean, they're probably going to have a top five, top ten pick, and I think they need to take a quarterback with that pick if Hertz ends up not sh- or showing through with these next couple games. So, Yeah, definitely. I think they need no linemen. They need no linemen bad. Well, they do. They're just all injured right now. Yeah, but they need to draft one too. Think so? They need to draft an O-lineman, stop drafting road cones, as wide receivers who obviously can't get open. Every position. They, yeah, their draft. If they just drafted this next draft, six wide receivers, and then just took like an offensive lineman in the first round, I honestly think they'd be a playoff team. Uh, they need a little no. bit more help than that. No, they don't. <laughs> Joey, watch the games. They're, Dude, their secondary is not very good. Okay, but it's how many secondaries their in the NFL are? Aren't great. Okay, yeah, but they're not <laughs> bad. Like they're just your average backers. Not everyone can have a great defense. Like like the Patriots or those guys. Like think about the the Vikings. Their defense is not great. I mean they have one good backer. Two, I guess you could make a case for Eric Wilson stepping up. And then their our corners are dog shit. They're horrible. I mean they've developed a lot throughout the year, but I'd take the Eagles secondary over the Vikings any day. And think about the Vikings O line and the Eagles O line. I mean which one are you taking, Vikings or Eagles? Are we right now? Healthy? Right now? Right now? Vikings. Okay. So then you got to make a case for the wide receivers, too. So think about the wide receivers of the Eagles or the Vikings. Which ones are you taking? Vikings. Yeah, so I'd well, say our defenses are pretty much the same, and but they have Fletcher Cox up front, too. So, I mean, that gives them a case for even a better defense than we have, especially when they have Darius Slay. So if you think about just drafting O-linemen and wide receivers and having Carson Wentz, who is running for his life in the backfield right now. So you're still sold on Wentz. You think Wentz is still I th- the solution? I still think, dude, they have him for four more years paying him we, we a gotta, ridiculous we gotta amount of money. we got to stop talking about the Eagles. We dude, move paying on. him a this ridiculous not... amount of money. Joey, how many more interceptions and bad games does he have to have to prove that he's How many more times answer? does he have to get sacked or hit for anyone to actually see him throw the ball downfield on a non-broken play? But do you How many non-broken film? plays have we seen of the Eagles this year? But a lot of it is not always the receivers, but no, him making yes. terrible reads. Wentz, Wentz is making. Wentz does feel the pressure of them drafting Hurts. I'll give him that. Like that, that would be a pain in the ass if I was a quarterback. I'd be like, wow, they don't believe in me, so they drafted another quarterback. But I mean, dude, I think you still give Wentz two more years, and I think he'll still produce as a top twenty quarterback. Okay, but where did you think Wentz was good? All because of the 2017 season, right? No, last year. Was... Last year. When they won, like, I think they won, like... He was not great last no, year. No, at the end of the year, they won four out of their last six games throwing to Greg Ward with, I mean, a worse defense. Carson Wentz was carrying that team, and I've told you this months ago, too. I was mentioning it on one of the first podcasts that... Carson Wentz has the talent, and I still 100% believe in him. And I don't think anyone else sees that at all. 
I yeah. No because, one sees it, and I get that. Because if you just take a look at the numbers, and here, here, but it's not here, always about numbers. Here's my Carson. It's not always about here's numbers. Here's my Carson Wentz argument, because I would, because I would have liked to see him do well, but because everybody thought that he was like the next thing after his 2017 year, where the Eagles ended up winning the Super Bowl with Foles and everything like that, because he was a stud that year, and that's where everybody thought he was good. And since then, even though they may have won those games and everything like that. Their defense was actually decent last year. They were pretty good. Their secondary was really bad, but everything else, their front, their up front was really good. But once played okay, he played good, but he didn't play 2017 once. And my thing on 2017 once is that it could have possibly just been a fluke. In 2017, on first and second down, once was absolutely terrible but his third down efficiency was like off the charts amazing like historically good or whatever like he just was crazy on third down for some reason and you know you can't just rely on third down plays and it was a lot like Case Keenum for the Vikings that year where he was just super good throwing under pressure for some reason and then it was just that one year and then nothing else happened so I think I mean I'd hate to say that that 2017 year with once was a fluke but then Nick Foles takes that team and goes and wins it with them. Like the same, you know, you plug in just another quarterback that can go and win it with them. I don't know. I, I'm not sold on Wentz. I've be, I've given up on him. If I was the Eagles, if I was a Philadelphia Eagles fan, if Hurts doesn't perform these next four games, that first-round pick needs to either be Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. Mac Jones is not. Mac Jones won't go that early, though. Wilson and... Well, I mean, in all the mock drafts now, he's going, like, top 15 lately. Not yeah, the ones that the I've past, seen. The past week, I've seen him going top 15. Possibly. I mean, if they really want to take that risk, I just... I would rather have Wilson or Lance. But... Anyways. You really think they're going to take another NDSU quarterback? <laughs> possibly i guess maybe go after wilson then if he's not off the board already but that was that's my thing on the eagles and i will agree though they have been terrible at drafting receivers and if you know if hurts or whoever is there they do need to get some help there but it's not just the receivers in the line it is quarterback play as well and it is all three and even playing as like quarterback there's like, yes, it's a lot harder to play if you don't have an O-line. And their O-line's not bad. They've just been banged up. Um, when they're healthy, they're pretty good. But it, it is a lot harder to perform if you don't have an O-line. But some of the plays that he's missing are just reads and throws. And that's on him. He's, he's doing too much. At times, he does try to do too much. But that's kind of how he's always played. So, where he's more of a scrambler and improviser. So... So what were we talking about again? Uh, but, Joey, one sec. Um, tell tell Bodie what you heard about uh, Jalen Rieger. Yeah, there was something about Jalen Rieger and how the front office wanted him more than the coaching staff did. Because the coaching staff wanted Jefferson, obviously. Yeah. Like, they wanted Jefferson. But there was some relation between the uh, – what was it? It was like – it was the GM – and Jalen Rieger's parents or something. There's some like long lost relation between them. Really? And they like really they, he's like they're like, Oh, we have to take Jalen Rieger. They're like, obviously, he's here. He he could be a good wide receiver, so let's just take him. Well, if that was true, I would be pissed. But either way, I'm not gonna complain being a Vikes fan and not being a big Eagles fan. I am very grateful that we I mean, I heard that um when the Eagles picked Rieger that the Vikings 
the front office exploded. Yeah, dude. Like, I was, they were super pumped. I mean, yeah. I was too watching the draft. I was like, wow, Jefferson really fell all the way down here. And they took Jalen Rieger, who I didn't think was going to be terrible, but I didn't think was going to be Jefferson. And then now that he's here, he, I mean, he's not that good. No, <laughs> I mean, so right. far, anyways. He's had, he's dealt with injuries, and he had the punt return against the Packers that shows some explosiveness, I guess. He did have that big making. play that hurts three, but, too. He had that one big play for like 34 yards or something. Yeah, but still, it's just like. It, it's not, not Jefferson. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, what's next? Now we got um, or they could have they could have had Claypool too, and then yep. uh, going back to one more thing. I mean, everybody. I mean, I'm sure has seen posts about this on social media and stuff. But the year before, which was actually a super good draft class with you know Terry McLaurin was in it, DK AJ Brown and yep. stuff like that, and they took JJ Arcega Whiteside in yeah. the second. And I don't even know if he sees the field. No, I think it's funny so. because they were comparing Arcega Whiteside to DK's game last week, the 177 or whatever, and he had the 177-yard game yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And that's more yards than Arcega has had in his career. Yeah. Ex- I think he has, exactly. like, 123 in his career that's or something. That's what I'm saying. They just, the last, they just been terrible in the draft. Yeah. But, they yeah. need a new scout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They need to hire us. Yeah. Free up. Possibly. Yeah. All right, what are we All on, right. defensive rookie of the year? Yeah, defensive rookie. Um, yeah, we got off track we there. About, yeah, we had to <laughs> argue a bit about the Eagles. But, um, I think in my case, and this is not recency bias, but I think it's Jeremy Chin at the moment, and obviously that game against the Vikings helps solidify that, but even in the weeks before, he's just kind of been an everything guy. Where the Panthers run this really weird defense, where it's like um like a three three five almost, so a lot of mm-hmm. secondary guys yep. in the field and they play very fast. Yeah, and Chin has been able to line up in the box. He's lined up and played coverage, and he's kind of yeah. he's kind of done everything for them and got a ton of tackles for it. And um, obviously, like all these rookies that we're gonna mention, have rookie mistakes. But he would be my front runner right now. Um, the only ones that I would maybe put behind him is Julian Blackman from the Colts. He's the safety um, for the Colts, and they are one of the top defenses in the league right now, and a lot of that is because of him, and he makes a lot of impact plays for them. So he is just another one that I would would say is in the running, but my front runner right now would be Chen. Yeah. Um, What about a guy like Chase Young? Where do you see him in the running? Yeah, that's another one who I would say is probably like top three, top five. He's up there. Um, Chase Young's been, he's been really good in run fit and he obviously can make, you know, like he's got a couple sacks or whatever, but his moves that he uses, he still needs to learn a bit. They're kind of a really generic where he tries to do this, like this slide. And I think if he can get a little bit more better pass rush moves that he'll come a long way. And obviously Chase Young's going to be a stud, but just this year, I don't see him getting that award. Another one that I know that you're probably going to mention is mm-hmm. Winfield. And I do think Winfield's been really good. And the Buccaneers' defense is actually really good this mm-hmm. year. And I would say that he could be up there, but just over the last couple of games. And I think he was the front runner in the beginning, mm-hmm. I would almost say. But these last couple of games, I would have to move Chin up over them. So Week one, I would have taken C.J. Henderson from the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. The Jacksonville guy, he... Yeah, he balled out those first couple weeks. Those first couple weeks, I was like, wow. like, was like He's already in elite corner, and then I don't know who he played, but he just dropped off in one game. 
well, and he's just been eh. That Jag, it, they've just struggled, and it you know it doesn't always help with just game script too. And that offense was not very good under Minshew for a while, so that makes it a lot more pressure too. But still, yeah, I thought he was I thought he was really good in the beginning, and he hasn't really showed much since. Yeah, hard to on a one in ten team or one in hmm. eleven now. Yeah. So. Yeah, honestly, any of those guys would be good for me if. Those seem like the top guys, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think all of them could get it. Especially Jeremy Chan and Blackman. They're definitely I would one say and two. those are my one and two. Right? Yeah, 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 those are definitely one and two. Yeah, right. okay. Um, What's next? Coach Most of the year? Coach? Yeah. Coach? All right. I know your case. You go ahead and tell everybody your case. <laughs> no, no, no. I'd love you to go. No, you I, gotta go I, I first. Want, no, I'm nope. still fine. All right. No, no. <laughs> okay, you, no, you go, you go, you go. Um, Your guest. My front runner right now would be, and it's really hard because, you know, you can pick a coach that's just, like, having a good year with a good team or whatever. So I'm trying to think past that, and I would say probably Brian Flores would be mine just because, um, again, he's taken a Dolphins team that, um, a Dolphins team that was not supposed to be, uh, as good as they are now, and he's overperformed with them. So he would be one of mine. And then another one for me would be Sean McDermott, the coach of the Bills, who yep. I think could have made a case last year, too. I think he was making a case last year. Um, but I think he is one that um, is in the running. Um, Mike Tomlin, you got to almost put in there, especially mm-hmm. for the Steelers being like 500 around there last year. And now them and a lot of people think the Steelers are overrated and stuff like that, um, but you know eleven and zero is eleven and zero. So yeah. and then um, oh, if you got yours, there was one more. Uh, no, I just want to ask you a question. Point. What about Cliff Kingsbury? Because I'm looking at this list right now and it's got Cliff Kingsbury at five, and I'm curious on what you think about that. Yeah, Kingsbury. Um, a lot of people had like uh, guesses about him right away, and people still are questioning him. Just some certain play calls in the Cardinals games. Um, not everybody always agrees with, but that spread offense that he's kind of brought, and especially Kyler Murray fitting in there, had worked really well. And in the beginning of the year, especially, it worked really well. The Cardinals are struggling a bit more now, but I think he could make a case if they were a little bit more higher seed in the playoffs and everything. But now I think that's a little bit different, especially after them dropping to 500 now. But, yeah. Anyone I mean, I, I have three guys who I could put. You have three guys. I have three guys who okay. I could make a case well, I'll for. I'll try to I'm remember not... my other guy while you right. talk I'm... about your three. It's here. probably going to be one of these guys. Um, Kevin Stefanski, Ron Rivera, or Joe Judge? Kevin Stefanski mm, was yeah. the other one. And it's hard as him um, being a coordinator, but that Browns team is just a lot different. And giving them their first winning season in how many years is awesome 16. and everything like that. It's crazy. But it makes a difference, and Chubb fits perfectly in that offense. They are a different team when Nick Chubb is in compared to just um, Hunt. The only thing that I wouldn't give him, like Kevin Stefanski over like Ron Rivera, is that the Browns have had the easiest schedule out of any team this year. If you go back and look at the schedule, like there was like a rankings of easiest schedules in the NFL this year. The Browns are number one. Really? Yeah. The, I mean, the only tough... I mean, when you think about it, the only tough opponents that they've played are in their own division. 
Yeah, well, Steelers twice, I, Ravens twice. I know there was a lot of questions about that too, and they got killed by the Ravens and Steelers earlier in the year. Yeah. But um, then they kind of pulled it around. I think that there's going to be a lot different talks about that in these weeks coming after that Titans win. Because yes. that Titans win was the one where it's like, okay, you guys like might be real now. And yeah. I, like I didn't think Baker was gonna do that. Like I, I thought I thought the Browns would give him a good run because it's like you're competing. Like that was a huge game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought they'd give him a good run or whatever. But obviously the Titans play too, and Baker balled out. Like that was probably one of the best games of his like career yeah. that he's I was, uh, had so far. I was talking to Colin about this earlier in the week, but I was like, this is a game this weekend where Baker needs to play if he wants to keep his starting job. Like he needs to play well, and he exceeded everyone's expectations in the first half. Second half was a little different. They only got a field goal. But, I mean, he exceeded everyone's expectations in the first half with four touchdowns. Well, I think it's going to be... I I think it goes even past that. I think to really keep his starting spot, and maybe maybe they roll with him for one more year, but he needs to win a playoff game here soon. Especially that cast is getting better. Um, they could use some upgrades on the defense a bit more. And, um, but besides that, I mean, he's pretty set up right now. And especially for an offense with Kevin Stefanski, where Chubb and Hunt are, you know, the best one to duo right now in the NFL at running back. Um, like Baker should, should be doing this. Like he should be doing this every once in a while and stuff like that. But, um, so I think he needs to win a playoff game. In these next, even not, if not this year, next year, to really keep his spot if he wants to. Yeah. If he wants to keep his spot. So. All right. Well, I don't want to talk about my other guys too much because I, I don't really want to get shat on. So. Well, well, who was that? Joe, Joe Judge? Joe the Judge. Coach? So your case, your case behind that was because the Giants are competing right now and their defense is playing and, really and well. And they really didn't add that much to the team, in my opinion. Like, they didn't add anyone in free agency except, what's his name? Logan? Uh, Ryan Logan, Logan Ryan, Logan Ryan, yeah, yeah. Which and did I mean, they he trade helped. for Leonard Williams this year? Or was that, that was last, last year. year? That was last okay. year, like halfway through the year. Well, and Bradbury's balling out over yeah. there. He's another corner yep. who's played crazy. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I mean, I get the case for it. I just think yeah. that there's other picks before. Yeah, yeah. There, but there's I, a lot but of other do... picks that could go before. But that's just one that came to mind when I first thought of I coach do of the year. I was like. Your... Your case for I was like, he was in New England for however long, and then he comes to this team, and everyone had question marks about him. There's a lot of question marks about could he make an offensive script where the offense could actually succeed. And what the game that proved it to me was against the Buccaneers when they only lost by one, two, something like that. But, I mean, I think they they played their hearts out in that game, and it really showed that Joe Judge can actually coach a team. Yeah, no, I... um... I don't disagree with you that defense has looked really well. And I don't know if Daniel Jones is necessarily the answer yet. I mean, he's played better, and he still could be the answer if he keeps playing well. I mean, obviously, Colt McCoy got him that win. Yeah, I mean, against the Seahawks, that's big. But I'm just saying their offense needs to come a lot more away, but that defense does look look good right now. So, Hmm. Is there anything more you guys have? Nope. Not really. I don't think so. What's next? Most improved player? Because I know my most improved player. All right, let's hear it. Uh, DK. You think DK? DK, is? 100% most improved player, no doubt. I don't even know who else I would pick. You want? Except put, maybe like Terry. Yeah, I was going to say you want to put like Terry up there. I don't know. I guess I didn't think about hmm. um, 
that one that the most improved player as much, but you could definitely make a case for both those guys. I'm, Let's look I up. I feel like. Go ahead. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Oh, no, I don't want that. Um, who do they have? Amari Cooper. Oh. Marquis Goodwin didn't even play. Is this last year? Uh, they're projecting oh. on it. Well, all right. looks like I'm not going to find anything, but I don't know. I'd, I'd say DK for sure. You would say DK in yours? Yeah. Um, just top my head, I guess. Um, I guess Diggs put up pretty good numbers with Kirk, but him kind of like taking over in a wide receiver one role. Oh, speaking of that, I would maybe put Josh Allen up there. Oh, Josh Allen or Kyler Murray. Yes. It's pretty hard not to put either of those guys up there, but another one that I was kind of thinking of was Keenan Allen. Not saying Keenan Allen's ever really been bad, but he's kind of been different, a little bit different this year with Herbert compared to Philip Rivers. But he's been good in the past, so I don't really think you can put him up there. Darius Williams, the Rams guy, would probably be my leader, though, um, for front runner because yeah. he's been having a crazy year, like we talked about earlier. But, uh, I mean, part of that, he gets help from Ramsey, but he can guard a lot of those, like, smaller, more athletic guys because he's mm-hmm. got the speed, too, and he's been having a great year. So. Hmm. All right, what's next? That's it. Is that we, it? Yeah, I think Do so. Do we got anything NBA-wise? I mean, we got the season coming up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not really a lot of recent news. I actually, I actually got a question for you. Me and Colin follow this Instagram page, and they said that the Timberwolves would go fi- would only win 15 games this year. Yeah, a lot of people don't aren't agreeing um, with the Timberwolves, and I think that's a lot of questions um, with Cat on if he can really win with a team. So, I guess, I mean, biased. I think that they'll give a playoff run at least. They don't have all the pieces left or yet. And a lot of people have different um, opinions on Edwards, too. So, I don't know. Biased, I would say. I don't think that's true. But I guess people could maybe make a case for it yeah. if they really thought so. 15 seems pretty low. Yeah. But at yeah. least being a low seed, like I could maybe see a case for us not making the playoffs. And 10 teams from each conference make the playoffs this year with that new play-in schedule. Yeah. But um, I think that I think that they'll be just fine to me. I don't yeah. think they'll do anything crazy this year. Right. Yeah. No. Maybe a 500 team. Yeah. That's what that's I'm kind thinking. of what me and Colin are talking about. I think we think their lowest would be a 500 team. I think if they can shoot for that, because um, the West is just so stacked, yeah. I think if they can shoot for that 8 through 10 playoff spot, that um, or 7 through 10, I would be pretty happy with that. I don't see it really getting much better than that. See, Well, one thing I was thinking about was the Thunder last year. I mean, they had Chris Paul and just a bunch of really good role players. You know? Well, yeah, and they thought it was going to be a rebuild season. Yeah, and they got up to the fifth, like the fifth seed. So it's like, do you think the Timberwolves could even make a run at that, at something of that caliber? Mm, yeah, possibly. But, again, I just think it depends on um, Edwards and how much production he comes in as rookie and if Cat can really lead a team or not because that's been a question for like a year or for a couple years now is like can cat really go out and like lead a team to a top seed like that like is he one of the best players well yeah last year that this year last year before they had d'lo he should have been averaging 30 points a game yeah and they had the whole um injury or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. he should have been averaging 30 points a game and he wasn't putting that 
No, he was crazy, the but there's still a difference but. between averaging a lot and winning. Yeah, he's got to do it on both sides, and he's got to be efficient doing it on both sides. But I, I say that's a lot harder as a big man to lead a team. I don't know because Embiid and Jokic have been yeah. doing it pretty well the past couple of years. Yeah, and but they've also, they've also had Murray that number. Case, they've also had that number two. Well, they've before you that, make that Jamal Murray, I know Jamal Murray case, can, has really only do, been good. He didn't really playoffs. do anything in the playoffs, so I don't think Jokic really had another two, and Embiid did not have a number two last year. So and he's was pretty dominant. So and it's not so if Cat can, you know, go out and really make that team win. By doing it on both sides I mean, of the floor, maybe they'll give a run. But. With Embiid, I could even say that he had Tobias Harris too. Yeah, but Tobias, and he's not bad. Like he, but people, he's people not a number two. You know, well, I mean, then Ben Simmons was the two. Yeah, but I guess you could say Simmons is a two, but injuries and stuff like that. I don't really know how much Simmons played last year. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing with the Timberwolves. Like they have D'Lo now, which. Which I think is huge to take huge to take some of that pressure off Cat, you know, just as another scoring option, and then also someone like Malik Beasley, another scoring option, you know, um, and then also on that Instagram page that you were talking about, they said that Anthony Edwards was a decent draft pick, but he won't help us on defense at all, which I think is mainly the reason that we drafted him. Like, his defense isn't anything crazy, but. It'll definitely help the Timberwolves, I think. Yeah, it's more of like the potential that he can have right. with how bulky he is and how how long his wingspan is. Yeah, so you could go both sides. Like I said, like a lot of people have different things on Edwards just because like there's the question with his effort again. So yes, we like us Timberwolves fans are gonna be on the side like, Oh yeah, he has all the potential yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But people on the outside, you know, they might have different views with that. So, again, yep. I disagree with that. And I don't think Edwards' defense is going to be great. I think his, what I think he's going to be really good at um, us spacing the floor, and I think he's going to get downhill really well and just be a scoring option right away. Like, I could see him. I mean, I'm hopefully he's going to be averaging over 16, 17, somewhere around there. I mean, that maybe that's big hopes for me. But I, I, think, um, I think he'll be just fine. So the the Instagram that you seem to come off of, then not too big on the T Wolves. Guess yeah, no, not. No, they hate us. No, seems they like put it. the Hornets record above ours. Yeah. So oh, really. Yeah. I see that that's interesting because you know the Hornets might be able to compete, but I yeah. I don't know. No, they they won't they won't win games. I think I think Gordon Hayward could be an All Star this year. I mean, he was averaging almost twenty points a game on a Celtics team with three guys who were primary ball handlers over him. Yeah, uh, Hayward would probably have a good season, and that's, you know, the Hornets might be competitive, but long-term-wise, I no, don't know yeah, what no. they're doing because <laughs> I don't know why they gave him that much money when he's how old. And, uh, and you know, was, that that's a big thing. I don't know what they were doing no, there. But all, all they're trying to do is they got, they got Lamelo well. so that people will watch their games, and then they got Gordon Hayward. So that they could maybe win some of those games that people watch. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's about it. Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but they're a long way from being actual contenders to anything. But I think that's yeah. obvious to everybody. So, all right. Yeah. Well, that's all we got. Yeah. Well, thanks, Bodie. Thanks yeah, for coming thank on you. again. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Definitely. All right. That's the end of episode 20 at Adam Thielen, at Justin Jefferson, obviously, because we're, they're going to be on here someday. JJ does.